0: If you love the Lord and you're happy to be here, would you say amen? Amen. I want to say Maranatha. Maranatha. Well, they do know this is the greeting of the great Apostle Paul. While I'm here today, I'm not going to say good morning, good evening. He's going to say Maranatha. I want to say it again. I want to see you answer back. The Lord is coming. Are you ready? Maranatha. 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 Oh, you're getting there, almost. No conviction in there. Now, I just want to tell the kids that I have something for them. So, I hope the kids don't go away. It's a little airplane, okay? I'm going to leave a park here at the airport, and I hope nobody will touch it, let it fly, okay? So, it's over here, and I'm so glad that you know Maranatha. Well, let me see if I can make these stairs, you know. I'm getting closer 90, you know, so I'm a little concerned about myself. But anyway, it's so good to be with you here. I think I've been here a long time when it was on the street there in the 41. And I think I had a pathfinder day, if I remember correctly. So, so wonderful to see you today. Well, you know, um, Maranatha is the theme of my sermon today. You know, this is the greeting of the great Apostle Paul. He didn't say, good morning, good evening. Whatever he went, he says, Maranatha. Why? The Lord is coming. This is the desire of each one. As we heard here today, I'm sure you feel the same way. Because we do want Jesus to come very, very soon. You know, I never forget. uh, I'm going to do a little something different. You probably have something over there. I remember when I was in Jamaica, and you know I travel many, many places. And you know, one thing that impressed me when I was in Jamaica people carrying their Bibles with them. You know, it was so beautiful to see everybody carrying their Bibles. I don't seem to see that anymore. You know, I don't have anything about this screen. It's very good. But I'm going to do a little something a little different. I think it's good for your vision. As my leadership courses, you know, when you put something on the screen and you read, it really helps you in your mind. But anyway, i never forget the story that I heard one time of this ex-convict that was coming out of prison. Uh, he asked his wife if she left him, you probably remember this story, to hang a yellow ribbon on the tree by the bus terminal. And the young people coming down, you know, from a, for a good time, greetings, you know, spend a good time here in Florida. And they just didn't know what was going to happen, you know. Well, they make a long story short. When they got to the bus station, and they got out of that place, they saw that that tree was covered with yellow ribbons. What was she saying? Honey, I love you. Come back home. Isn't that the way the Lord wants us to be? Have this something in our hearts. Lord, we're waiting for you to come. So the Bible says that Jesus will come for those who love his coming. Those are waiting with love for him to come. So I remember young people and I have been to those islands in the South Pacific. You know, they told me over there that they they run to the beach and they look and they say, Lord, is that today the day you're coming? I had never forgotten that. And I thought to myself, what do you do in the morning? When you get up, you get on your knees, or you go outside and say, Lord, is that today the day of your coming? Because you love your coming. That's what Apostle Paul says. That he'll come for those who love his coming. Now waiting with love for him to come. Well, listen to the dramatic words of Paul. And I have somebody here today to read for me some of the verse. I'm going to do a little different, I told you. And I have Philippians 3, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And I'd like to see if someone read it for me. Thank you. I'm glad you has the Bible with him but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Isn't that a beautiful message by Paul, Philippians 3, 21 So brothers and sisters, young people, we are citizens of heaven. What do you say? We are citizens of heaven. You know, one of the most coveted things in America is what I have here in my pocket. This is my old green card. (laughs) When I arrived in New York and called to work at the General Conference, I received this on the spot. And after coming back, you know, traveling, I told the guy, I said, listen, this is the last time I'm going to use this here. Why did you wait so long, he said. (laughs) And now, of course, I have double citizenship, so my sons. But, uh, you know, this is the thing that we all want for. And I believe that most of us are waiting for Jesus to come. And this country is a country of many, many nations, wherever you go. In, you know, in Minnesota, Polish people somewhere. Many, many different nations. This country is made of different nations. And you know that there is a city in Brazil where I come from called Americana. You know, those that ran away after the Civil War to Brazil. And they are there. It's a beautiful city. Americana, one of the best cities for shoes if you want to buy some shoes. So the Philippines had dual citizenship and they were very proud of that. And uh, because there was a city of gladiators and there was a place to retire. That's why I came to Florida when I retired. I came here. I could not afford a place to go in California. That's where I'm going now because I'm retiring, selling my house. I'm going home, back to my roots when I came to this beautiful country. So anyway. Uh, This is is the way it is. all part of different places and we're looking forward to that day when Jesus is going to come in the clouds of heaven. Well, the soldiers just love Philippi. It was a beautiful city. They wanted to retire there. And Paul is cognizant and he tells our citizenship in heaven. You guys are wrong. This is not your place. It is in heaven. So many people make a tremendous effort to immigrate. Have you seen on the news? I don't have to tell you what people have gone through to come into this country, we are looking for something better. And you blame them? You know how to raise their kids, get a better education. It's so important. But for us, the best place is up there. That's where I want to go when it comes back. Well, we heard of many tragedies, and you know, I'm not going to tell you that because you have seen many, many of those tragedies. Well, let me tell you now what we did in South America in 1970. I was the Youth Director for the South Brazil Union, and uh, we had the second <coughs> second nationwide, division-wide youth congress. So since my father-in-law was the speaker of the Voice of Prophecy in Brazil for many years, I knew. I graduated with Del Delca. We were very good friends in 1958. So I wrote Wayne Hooper. I said, Wayne, <coughs> can you prepare a special song for this congress? It was the second one that we did in the whole division. And it was going to be in the city of Curitiba, where my wife was born and where I started my ministry. And uh, he said, okay. I said, just remember that we want to have four words because Maranatha has four A's. And I want you to think of those four A's of the word Maranatha because every day of the Congress we're going to focus on one of those words. And he did. When Hooper, of course, is gone, very good friend, wonderful people, Del Belker is gone. And how many have passed away, my friends that I knew, friends of mine. Oh, Lord, I want Jesus to come very soon. How about you? I'm sure that you lost many of you dear ones. I lost my wife just uh, six months ago. After almost 70 years together, you know, it breaks my heart even just to think about it. Almost 70 years together. If you count the you know, engagement and the dating, she was part of my life for 70 years. I long to see the Lord come. How about you? I'm sure you have lost someone in your life. I want to see Jesus again. I want to see my wife again. I want to see my mom again. All my relatives. We are, Don't you tire of this place? It's time for the Lord to come. Well, Wayne Hooper did it. So, four words. Number one, to love Maranatha. Number two, to announce Maranatha. Number three, to hasten Maranatha. And number four, to await for Maranatha. Now, we put that in Portuguese, okay? And since you have a pastor here that speaks that language, I'm going to tell you how it is, amar, anunciar, apressar, and aguardar. It's the same thing that I told you in English language. Like, is that correct? (laughs) Well, you know, I started my ministry in 1955. I made no mistake, even though I was engaged to my wife, I looked for the day when we could be together. You know, I was waiting to be close to her. I wanted to be around her. Because when you love someone, that's what Paul says, that he will come for those who love his appearance. Waiting with love for him. I mean, many people today mess, mess up with this word love, you know. I love spaghetti. I love this. I love that, you know. And I made a mistake when I was in Camporee in Austria. And that was a big Camporee. And I said, oh, I love spaghetti. <laughs> My grandparents came from Italy. I love spaghetti. You'll not believe what happened to me. Pastor, we have spaghetti in our here. Oh, oh, that's wonderful, I like that. So I had spaghetti with them. Oh, two days later, Pastor, I have spaghetti again. You know? <laughs> well, I don't have to tell you that I don't want more spaghetti in that camp for here. <laughs> well, that's not the way to use the word love, you know, because when you love someone it's because you want to see that person again. The disciples experienced that. You know, can you imagine after being with the Lord for so long and all of a sudden, you know, they see well, going up to the heavens, disappearing from their sight. How would you say to that? I mean, it was so sad. You know, you have some word in English that's very nice, longing for something, but, you know, Spanish nostalgia. I can speak that language as well. But I'm going to teach you a beautiful word now in Portuguese. What is that word, Vivian? Uh, what is that word? Saudade. Okay. I'm glad you to remember that. <laughs> There's no word in the Portuguese language after love like saudade. And when you love someone and you feel saudade, the time that separates you from that person. You want to shorten the, the distance between you and that person. Can you imagine the disciples now, all of a sudden, they see the Lord disappearing, longing. Saudade, nostalgia started in their hearts because they're waiting for the Lord to come. Well, we're expecting the Savior. And uh, that's the second part of my sermon today. Paul says, I look for the Savior. We're expecting a Savior. Also, in James says, I pray therefore unto the coming. Is there someone that has that by any chance? I don't know if I gave you that. Uh, James 4, 7 and 8. If not, I'll read it, okay? It says, by patient brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, behold, the husband, man, Waited for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until you receive the early and the latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. That's why we're waiting, because it's coming very, very soon. Well, during the Congress, we use another word. As I mentioned to you, the second one is to announce. Did you know what my son is doing? I have three sons. One is a doctor in theology, there's a Loma Linda. My second son is with me, giving me comfort. He has distributed five 100,000 and 35,000 of a little leaflet about the Sabbath. I used to have one with me, I don't know if I have you with me. You have some beautiful experience for people how to keep the Sabbath. And this is what we need to do. We must announce, we must share what you have. All my neighbors, i giving them steps to Christ. We need to share, announce that Jesus is coming. Aren't you sad with this old world? I, mean, I have never in my life, since I've been in this country since 1956, I have never seen a place, a time, what we've seen in the history of the world. Never in my life. Never. We live in tumultuous times. It's time to say, Lord, please come soon and take us to that place that you're waiting for us. Well, that's what you had to do, announce. No one should leave your house or see your friendship or anybody that you talk to. They should know who you are, what you believe, and what you're expecting. They should know that. should have something with you to share with that person. Always have steps to Christ. That book goes with me whatever it comes. The Bible and steps to Christ. And I was one time in a big mess we had there in, in Togo. Oh, it was, it was bad. I don't have to tell you. What I did was to read my Bible, and read Steps to Christ. Someday, maybe I'll tell you what happened, how terrible it was, one of the greatest, saddest, worst days of my life. Well, you need to share. Give Steps to Christ to someone. Give a word for someone. Tell what you believe. Well, let me tell you something about a Chinese lady that I visited. I was in China not long ago. And as a matter of fact, I got a Dr. Dick Hart the president of the uh, Lombalinda, about the hospital we have there. There was a very rich man. He got in touch with the, uh, after we held our hospital in, in uh, Hong Kong, he was so well treated by our people that he uh, said to the Chinese government, I'll give you $20 million if you match. They accept the challenge, with one condition, that the Seventh-day Adventists will run the hospital for five years. I saw the hospital just when it was getting ready to start. What a tremendous experience to see that hospital, to see our people over there, and the the problems that they have, how they're witnessing, in spite of all their suffering, they witness for God. Then they told me the experience of one of our ladies. She was just on fire for the Lord. She couldn't stop talking about what she believed. And you know, when you're on fire, people cannot stop you. And so what happened? You're not supposed to preach over there. I just sat there and I couldn't preach. And they told me, Pastor Leo, do you see that man over there? A the spy. He's singing in the choir. Can you imagine? A spy singing in the choir. <clears throat> After that, they took him to a little room and they wanted to know how about what's happening to our church. So anxious to know what's happening to our church. Oh, I shared it with them, the good news. Oh We'll never forget that. It was just the most beautiful experience of my life. Then they told me the story of this lady. Oh, she was on fire for God, let me tell you. You could not stop her. The people on the head, oh, they had some kind of a truck, when they saw witnessing, they picked her up and said, we're not taking you now to prison. <clears throat> well, let me tell you what happened. She said, okay, go ahead. I know why the Lord put me here. <clears throat> it's to witness to you, to all of you soldiers. That's what she told them. And she opened her Bible, oh, I mean, really, she gave it to them. You know what happened? They stopped the truck said, get out of here. <laughs> See what in love on fire for God you can't stop that person you have to witness aren't you tired of this place it's time for the Lord to come we need to announce that's the second word of Maranatha well there's one quotation from Sister White that I'd like to read to you and that comes now for hastening his coming that's the third word Sister White says. It's the privilege of every Christian not only to look but to hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For all who profess his name, bearing fruit to his glory, how quickly the Lord world will be sown into the seed of gospel, quickly the last great harvest will be ripened and Christ will come together the precious fruit. Gospel works, page 69. You don't know what happens when you share your, your word with somebody. I always carry the Bible with me on the airplane. <clears throat> and steps to Christ. And it's amazing. Oh, what edition is that? I, ha- I also have a group that's done, you know. Uh, what, what version do you have? You know, it's amazing, you know. It's when you just read, read the Bible. You know, go to sleep much better that way. <laughs> well, anyway, <clears throat> I sat down. It was a trip from Nairobi <clears throat> to New York, and then uh, to Washington, D.C. And uh, I was reading my Bible. And this man stopped. So may I sit beside you? Sure, go right ahead. Oh, you read me your Bible. Who are you? I said, I'm a, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist minister. Oh, he said, I'm a Presbyterian minister. Well, we found out that he was a Brazilian and I was a Brazilian. I said, wow, wonderful. We embrace each other. <laughs> wow, what are you doing? He said, well, I was a missionary in Africa, in Nairobi. I cannot go to Brazil. In those days, there was no street flight from South Africa. So I had to go to New York and then to Brazil. Well, I don't have to tell you that we spent the whole night talking about the Bible. Two ministers, Presbyterian and a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, what a wonderful time we had. Talking about many, many wonderful things. Of course, then we went to sleep. And then we had a cup, was close to New York. And just before he left, I said, Sir, uh, let me tell you something. Why should you have only half of the truth when you could have the whole truth? And you know, that stuck on his mind. He went back home, and he found a minister, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. He studied the Word of God. I don't have to tell you. He became a Seventh-day Adventist. What do you say? I mean, when I heard that story, I just jumped to the ceiling, you know. Just reading the Bible in an airplane. What can happen when people see what you believe? Well, let me tell you oh, well, he's going to have me some water. These same people are just so nice, you know. I have to do it because otherwise you'd be disappointed, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, anyway, <clears throat> it was interesting because <clears throat> when, he, uh, when he got to Brazil, he studied, and then we had a big time. There was a big city in the southern part of Brazil. There a lot of Germans, Italians, and uh, we came over a hundred years, and I was the speaker. That day, Gaspar Alto, Bruschi, famous cities in Brazil. That's the work of our church started from German, Italians, all they came from Europe, and then North America. And uh, as I finished my sermon, this man came to me, the pastor Leo. Uh, do you remember me? <laughs> Imagine, you know, I see pathfinders, you know, and he says, Pastor Leo, remember me? I was a pathfinder. Now they are doctors, they are surgeons. I said, Give me a little something for me to remember. Nairobi to New York. And he told me his story. He says, I'm a faithful Seventh-day Adventist minister. But I could not be a minister anymore because I was too old. But I just want want to know that I'm an elder in my church. Brothers and sisters, just watching you, studying your Bible, reading the Bible, getting in touch with God, do something, announce. That's what the Lord wants us to do, to announce his coming love is appearing, waiting with love for him to appear. You'll never forget the story of this young lady that was in a tower there in Constance. One of the most beautiful stories for the Huguenots. You know, she, uh, she couldn't uh, do anything. And uh, they, they took her over there, put her in that tower. She was there most of her life. and She was just 15 years old, to 36. And there she wrote a word that we will never, never forget. Because she was... In the the rock, She, she put this word, says, in French, which means to resist, to resist. And that's what we need to do, resist the evil one, resist the things that are happening to us today, and get ready for his second coming. I'm longing for that, I'm telling you. I want to see my wife very soon. I'm longing, I want to see my mother, I want to see my relatives, my friends. I have lost so many friends, not only in Brazil, but here in America. Don't you think it's time for us to see them? To go over there and see them? Well, my friends, it's, uh, it's very sad. But someday, you know, we will understand that we need to hasten Is coming. And then when you do all that, the next word is to wait. If your love is coming, you're waiting with love in your heart and with your family. If your announce is coming, no matter who you see, and then if you hasten is coming, you know, You remember what happened to the people when they were in Jordan? You know? The Bible says that they hasten because they want to go to the new land, to the promised land. That's what I want to do. I want to hasten his coming so that I can go to the promised land. You know, I want to fly. Sister White, have you ever heard the book Home at Last? If you haven't read a good book, read Home at Last by G. White. It was the most beautiful book she holds, written by Dr. One of the teachers at the General Conference. And uh, it's a beautiful book. Anyway, there he says we're going to have uh, wings. Can you imagine? I want to go through all the planets myself because this is the only prodigal planet. The, and the, those planets are saying, what's the matter with those guys down there? Why don't they get their act together? Why don't they? It's time for the Lord to come, and I want to fly with you. <laughs> Amen? You want to fly with me? <laughs> I want to fly with you and visit those old beautiful planets. It's so immense, you know. There's some stars that are not even reach the light of those stars that not even rich us. It's immense what the universe is. I want to be part of that someday. Well, let me share with you now. I think I have some other quotations. I have somebody would read for me First Thessalonians 5: 17 to 23. I would appreciate that very much. I just want to do it a little bit different today. Okay. All right, brother. Seeing, that, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in a, all holy and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the, of the of day of God in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Thank you so much. What a prescription for those waiting for his coming. Isn't that beautiful? So beautiful. He'll pray that will heal the spirit and soul, soul and body, be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus. Well, the last part then is uh, the making of a new vessel. And uh, dear friends, dear ones, so many have died. A very good friend of mine lost his daughter in a horrific accident. You, you hear things, that's just uh, incredible to see what's happening in the world today. Um, I told friend, Told friend, I went to visit his daughter in the hospital, I could not even recognize her um, for the last few months. You know, can you imagine the trauma of a father and mother see something happen to your father, to your mother, to so someone that you love? Well, Paul finishes his verses, saying that his bodily humiliation will be transformed by his whole body. What a fantastic promise. Look at uh, yourself in the mirror. I remember when I was in uh, Spencerville after Tacoma Park, when the General Conference was in a different place, and there was like, one of my neighbors. And he uh, says, Leo, every time I see a wrinkle in my face, I scream. I said, honey, you're going to be screaming for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, because it's going to come. Some of you have seen me you know, with darker hair than I have today. <laughs> well, what happened to Pastor Ranslund? Well, he's getting ready for the Lord to come. That's all it is. You know, we all change. We all change. And so Jeremiah gives us a beautiful promise, you know, that uh, come and down to the potter's house and uh, they will let you see my words. And then I went there. I think somebody can read that for me. I believe that you have that. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 2 to 6. Do you have that place, please? please. Yes. All right, I think we got somebody. Thank you. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from, the clay, was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, "Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does?" declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Yeah, beautiful. The are in His hands. What do you say right. to that? Please oh, more. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I love that. Please. até a casa onde fazem. Potes de barro, e lá eu lhe darei a minha mensagem. Então eu fui e encontrei o oleiro trabalhando com o barro sobre a roda de madeira. Quando o pote que o oleiro estava fazendo não estava, não ficava bom, ele pegava o barro e fazia outro, conforme queria. Aí o Senhor me disse, será que eu não posso fazer com o povo de Israel o mesmo que o oleiro faz com o barro? Vocês estão nas minhas mãos, assim como o barro está nas mãos do oleiro. Sou eu, o Senhor, quem está falando. Amen. What do you say to that? Uh, You know, it's going to be amazing the transformation that we are going to have someday. Before going to the States, i never forget uh, one of the big churches in Brazil. And uh, one very, very sad thing. I was a student. I used to see this man on the dollar. You know, he was a drunk guy, always there. His brother was in church, you know, singing, and then it was this man drunk, you know. When I came back to Brazil after my studies, you know, believe the joy that I have when I saw this brother. I remember his name, Adam Correa, and his brother standing with him, praising, comes to God. What do you say, praising the Lord? So I don't know what happened to some of you, you know. Uh, I never forget my father. You know, he's a race driver. He. Uh, in 1944, he raced from Rio all the way down to the southern part of Brazil. They had another race. He, he was, his, his life was cars and racing cars. And when he came back, there was a lady, Victoria Bassi. As her son was a minister. And uh, she gave a Bible. She, she had very close names. And she would come to our house every Friday night to talk about the Lord. And uh, my father would make fun of her. didn't he have anything to do with that Bible. And when he came back from that, uh, from that race, I'll never forget, never forget that day. I was about to be 16, 17. We were not 70 the Venice at the time. And uh, I had a soccer ball in my hands. I said, Leo, where are you going? I'm watching with the Bible. That was unusual for you. What's happening to my father? I said, I'm going to play soccer, and then I'm going to the movies. I said, Leo... Instead of playing so much soccer and going to the movies, you should read this book, the Bible. I don't have to tell you, the whole family came to the Lord. Just because of one sister with very close veins, they came to our house to share the gospel with us. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. That vessel is broken. Some day it's going to be made anew. You know, what a blessing that will be. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, love Jesus and his coming. May your heart be filled with love. Announce his coming to your neighbors, to your friends, and especially to your family. Hasten his coming by using your talents for the Lord and local church. Await his coming, pray and read in your Bible, because he is going to come very, very soon. So I'm going to say to you, Maranatha, I want you to answer with vigor. Okay, you ready? Maranatha! Maranatha. Maranatha. I want you to say the Lord is coming next now, okay? Maranatha the Lord is coming. Amen. All right. This is time for the young people right now. Sermon is over, okay, friends? OK,. Huh?